It's Tuesday, May 17th. This is Gonzaga Nation SI on the Gonzaga Nation Media Network. It's an exciting and important day for at least one Gonzaga Bulldog who I think they'll get a, a little bit more clarity of where they truly may end up going in the NBA draft come June. And that would be Chet Holmgren because tonight is the NBA draft lottery. So all 14 teams that did not make the NBA playoffs, they are put into what's called the draft lottery. Um, there is uh, ping pong balls, 14 of them, one representing each team. And there's a number combination that as the balls are selected out of a hopper, uh, there's a category or a, a uh, certain order that as they're placed, that dictates the NBA draft order. Um, in years past, it used to be the top two teams, they would flip a coin. Uh, the NBA went to a ping, ball, ping pong ball system a number of years ago, and they've continued on with that. It's really a unique setup. They've got like a special accounting firm uh, company that is in charge of, of watching and making sure that everything is done legitly and nothing has been tampered with in any way, shape, or form. There will be a couple uh, representatives from uh, the NBA uh, watching as well to make sure that that is also the case. And if, if you can remember back years and years ago, I believe it would have been 1985. So when I was young and just starting to follow the NBA and the New York Knicks got the number one pick in the NBA draft, and lo and behold, they select Patrick Ewing, who was a cornerstone piece of that franchise for a long time. Uh, there was questions about, um, because if you watched how they selected an envelope out of a kind of a open caged bucket at the time, um, the question was, was there a something going on with the envelope that corresponded with the New York Knicks that allowing the person to grab it? Um, to select the Knicks as receiving the number one pick. That's always been a conspiracy theory in NBA circles for quite some time. I can't confirm. I can't deny because I was not there. I don't know anybody with direct evidence one way or the other, but that's uh, just a conspiracy that's floated out there. So again, each team uh, has a percentage of their opportunity to gain the number one pick of these 14 teams that are in the NBA draft lottery. Uh, the top three teams um, with the best shot of winning the lottery tonight and selecting number one in the NBA draft in this in no particular order because they all have a 14% shot, 14% chance of winning would be Houston, Orlando, Detroit. They all have a 14% chance. Oklahoma City, the Thunder have a 12.5% chance of winning and it goes all down the list until the Cleveland Cavaliers, the last team to not make the true playoffs this year with less than 1% chance, a 0.5% chance of winning the NBA draft lottery. So um, usually it goes pretty chalk through uh, as they announce the picks, 14, 13, 12, all the way up. Usually it goes uh, chalk per, pretty closely every year. But if something happens and you see a Cleveland or you see a um, you know, maybe a Sacramento or a Portland not being called in their corresponding slot early, you know, there's a surprise and somebody, uh, you know, jumped up to the top of the lottery. But when you look at these uh, three um, teams, excuse me, four teams at the top of the list, 
and you get excited for for Gonzaga players that are now consistently being talked about being in the lottery and Chet Holmgren and you look at these four probable opportunities where he would go having the best chance of being top four picks that's again Houston Orlando Detroit and Oklahoma City um wanted to go through the positives uh and possible negatives of each of these um teams based on the roster now this is the crazy thing that nobody understands uh, is just how many conversations are going on between teams about trading and moving picks and trading players and free agents so you might think there's a huge void or a vacuum on a team that a player will slide perfectly into they don't draft that player because they've got their eyes on uh, a free agent uh, that fits that situational uh, position as well as their roster and salary cap flexibility much better. But Houston's um, a unique team. They haven't played well in recent years. They had the James Harden trade to Brooklyn, bringing uh, in, in a three-way trade, bringing John Wall back. John Wall never played, uh, still has yet to play for Houston, but um, he's on the roster about $40 million a year. And then some of the, the, other veterans include Eric Gordon, who's been injury prone at different times, but if he's healthy, he can really provide an outside shooting spark. But when you get excited or you were to get excited about Houston, you look at their, their wings and their backcourt, um, Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr., two really good uh, young and upcoming wings. But especially with Kevin Porter Jr., you've got the volatility of his personality, which guy shows up on a night to night basis um, could be a good opportunity for for. Chad Holmgren because they don't have an enormous amount of size or talent on the interior. Christian Wood may be their best um, interior player at 6'9", but, um, you know, he doesn't bring the versatility of a Chet Holmgren um, in, in my estimation. So I would imagine Houston is strongly considering him uh, based on their roster, current roster makeup. Orlando, that's going to be the, the, the one that people are pulling for. If Orlando gets number one, Gonzaga fans are particular going to want to see Chet go to Orlando because it's the number one pick. It's also uh, reuniting him with former Gonzaga Bulldog, as well as his high school teammate and AAU teammate Jalen Suggs. I think there would be a lot of Gonzaga fans uh, becoming Orlando Magic fans overnight. But, you know, their backcourt mentioned Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, uh, Markel Fultz Jr., who's kind of worked his way back from injuries over the course of his career. Um, so they have a solid backcourt with those guys. When you look at their front court, this could be an opportunity um, because uh, Franz Wagner um, kind of had a great freshman or excuse me, rookie year last year, kind of surprised a lot of people, but he's multi-skilled. He's versatile. I would say three, four would be his position. And I would imagine Chet Holmgren can kind of go four or five. Um, and, and be a nice addition there. But then you look at their other bigs. Mo Bamba hasn't turned out the way that a lot of people projected or thought he would. Bull Bulls on their roster, same way. Uh, and then a, a player that I really like is Jonathan Isaac, who battled some injuries a season ago, but he's very versatile and skilled. He'd be another one of those players in that three kind of mold where it maybe doesn't impact Chad Holmgren too much but you got to look at the overall makeup of the roster and how guys blend together um, you move on to Detroit uh, as one of the top three opportunities percentage wise to get the number one pick um, I don't you know you, you you see a huge opportunity or a need for Detroit for a guy like Chet Holmgren uh, there's a, also a fellow zag on that roster and Kelly Olenek their other big guys include Isaiah Stewart 
uh, former Husky, not much of a scorer, but uh, interior banger, presence, rebounder, defender. Um, and Luke Garza, very similar mold, big, strong. Um, he'll get, get you some buckets on the block, but he's expanded his shooting range. Um, you know, that could be an interesting, unique matchup where they take Holmgren and they try to groom him at the four uh, because Stewart and Garza are, are definitely much bigger, more physical players. Um, and then you look at Detroit's backcourt, Cade Cunningham, Jeremy Grant, more so a wing, but pretty talented, but they haven't been able to put it together. Um, maybe a, a big that uh, some people might have thought fall, falls into a similar category as least potential or projection wise would have been Marvin Bagley the third came to Detroit in a trade with Sacramento but his career is yet to take off uh, I would imagine they would be more excited or in 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 interested in getting those minutes to Chet Holmgren uh, the fourth most likely to to pick in the, in the top slot um, Oklahoma City when you look at their roster I mean, I, I follow college basketball much closer than I do the NBA these days, but I do follow the NBA because it's a passion of mine, the game of basketball. And you see, you, you want to follow guys that you, you want to follow guys that you've covered in college and see how they're doing at the next level. And quite frankly, there are so many guys on this Thunder roster that I don't know who they are, where they came from. Um, and I say that with a grain of salt because they're, they're, they've got to be tremendous players to play at that level. But um, it's just not a roster built um, to really to win in the NBA at this time. Now, many organizations will take a one or two year slide where they're going to save their, their cap space. They're going to gear up for a big free agent offseason or they're stashing draft picks um, uh, for a future year. And, and that's been a lot of uh, Oklahoma City's thought process in the past under Sam Presti. He's done a tremendous job at different stretches of that organization. I would imagine him to, to have a keen eye in this year's draft and, and maximize their opportunities because they did a great, great job last year dra drafting Josh Giddy out of Australia, where a lot of people were saying, who, what is this? He ended up having a great fresh uh, rookie campaign. I believe he had a couple of triple doubles, even um, very skilled, talented, uh, big point guard, but um Josh Giddy is a backcourt player. Shea Gilgis Alexander uh, is another backcourt player. And then when you look at their frontcourt, no names really jump out at you that that would give you any kind of pause for concern of like, hey, they wouldn't take Chet because they've got this guy and this guy slotted for 35, 36 minutes at that position. So uh, that could be another legitimate uh, opportunity if they do take the number one pick. Um, but again, I've, I've said this uh, all, pretty much all year. The three guys that I see is, is the clear-cut top three, Chad Holmgren, Paulo Bancaro, Jabari Smith from Auburn. And Jaden Ivey is really, uh, as I watch a little bit more, more clips, um, he's starting to, to impress me more and more. Do I think he can move up into that top three? It's hard to say. Um, again, when you look at these potential top four teams, they've got some good guards on those teams. Um, so you got to kind of weigh the, 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 the benefit factor of drafting him and trying to move one of those guys and seeing if you can get something of value that you prefer, uh, which is one of the things that's so fascinating about the NBA draft. But Gonzaga will have representation at the draft tonight uh, in New York. It's always fun uh, and unique to see what, what players, coaches, front office executives, owners maybe uh, represent teams uh, on the draft lottery stage. And for 
Gonzaga, they will have some representation with DeMontis Sabonis sitting there for the Sacramento Kings. So uh, should be an interesting fun night for Gonzaga fans to follow and track. And it's just going to start the speculation of where Chet Holmgren is going to go, because I think we'll get a lot clearer picture after we see the order, as well as we start to read some of the articles. But appreciate you joining. Uh, be a lot more content coming out on the NBA Draft Combine where we'll follow up and, and let you know how Chet Holmgren has tested, how Timmy, Strother, and Nemhart have played. So for Gonzaga Nation SI on the Gonzaga Nation Media Network, thanks for joining.